Good morning, and welcome to Money Matters with Michael Kelly. I'm Michael Kelly, the founder of Kelly Financial Group, and today we're here with Mark Herbert, who's our attorney, a good friend, a qualified professional, somebody that we've been working with for a while now, and we really feel that um, he has a lot of really good information for people out there right now, and a lot of questions that we're getting right now pertain to his expertise, so we wanted to bring him in and ask him a few questions. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. How are uh, you doing today? I am excellent. Good. Uh, first question we actually have for you is about probate. Sure. You know, what is probate and how does it work and how long is the process and all the questions that you get every day pretty much. Yeah, uh, unfortunately I do get a lot of questions about probate um, and that's usually a situation where we have to go to court uh, because somebody didn't create an estate plan to begin with. So probate is a court process, which is never fun, um, where you have to petition a court to become the administrator or executor of somebody else's estate when they pass. Um, now, if they have just a simple will, the person should have named somebody to be in charge, somebody they trust, mm -hmm. somebody they prefer. But if there's no plan, not even a will, uh, anybody can rush to the court, try to get confirmed as administrator, get control of the assets, and then, you know, that is just the beginning of usually a, a two-year process uh, through the court system. So I tell people all the time, court is not a happy place. Probate court is really not a happy place. Um, you have people competing for assets. You have com people competing for authority and status. And uh, it tends to be very expensive. Usually about 7% of whatever goes into probate court doesn't come back out through <laughs> court fees and lawyer fees and uh, probate bonds. Um, so usually it's you know two years, $20,000, a lot of stress for the clients uh, through the probate process. And I know that most people would much prefer to avoid that. And you hear it all the time, well, you want to avoid that, you need a will or a trust. And what's the difference between a will and a trust? Yeah, that's a question I get probably five, ten times a day. Um, both documents are important, but they do different things. So um, California has this way of taking what should be very simple and making it overly complicated. Yep. It's, it generates a lot of revenue for the state of California. So the first thing is, when it comes to a will, there's actually two types. Uh, one that stands alone and basically aims your family at probate court. Um, it does do some unique things though. It does allow you to make small gifts that will be immediately transferred. It allows you to name guardians for any minors in your care. It allows you to make funeral directions or disposition. Um, you know, sometimes folks want a particular service at a particular church with particular readings or music. Um, lots of other folks don't. You know, their, their thing is get together, have some food, go home, you know, just kind of chuck me in a hole in the backyard. <laughs> you know, can't really do that, um, but I understand the idea. You can't, so, can't be under the tree out back. So yeah, that, yeah, those days are gone, unfortunately. Um, but at least with a will, you have some control in that you name the executor, you mm -hmm. name the people you want to include or leave out. Um, but the downside of a standalone is your family is going to probate. Yeah. So uh, the second type of a will is called a pour over will. And it's called that because it connects to a trust. So it should never go to probate court if it's built the right way. So it can do all the good stuff, 
that a standalone will does, but it avoids the major disadvantage of court because it connects to a trust. And then just to make things complicated again, um, there's two kinds of trusts in California. One that you can change, a revocable trust, commonly called a living trust, and an irrevocable trust, which you cannot change. Um, probably nine out of 10 times though, people need a living trust, something that can change as their family changes, assets change, goals change, the law changes, state law, federal law. So um, a big difference in trust also is that you can do transfers over time. So okay. what we like to do is put the big assets, the house, the bank accounts, uh, businesses, you know, vehicles uh, into a trust, and then it's not an immediate transfer. It can be, if you want, a transfer over a number of years. So if you're leaving a large estate, you can leave a certain percentage to your young heirs at 18, and another transfer at 21 years old, 25 years old, whatever you like. So, um, and of course, the big advantage of a trust is you stay completely away from probate. There's lots of tax breaks that are only available if you build a trust. Um, so usually it's a pour over will and a living trust. Takes care of everything. You still have full control over the assets, but you can also protect your family as well. Uh, keep them away from the probate court, keep them away from the tax man. So the simple answer is you should have both. Most people need both, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, that makes sense because you want to avoid probate. Yeah, and, and it's a really good balance because the big things are protected in the trust and then the little things that you want to give immediately, you know, a piece of jewelry or a family heirloom, those can happen through a will um, because trusts do go on for years sometimes. So the little things okay. can be handed off right away. The big things can be controlled and, and you can time things better to avoid a tax hit if you use a trust. Okay, so the timing of it is really critical. Absolutely. So if you know someone has received an inheritance or they're about to receive an inheritance, what's the first things they should do? How do they get that timeline started? Sure. So if you're inheriting uh, an asset, it really depends on the type of asset. Uh, there are some assets that should transfer tax-free. There are some assets where there should be little. And then there are some assets like land where they can just be ridiculous taxes. Uh, both on the federal side with capital gains and then on the state side with this new Prop 19 uh, tax. So if you're an heir on a trust or even a will, you absolutely have a right to see the document. Uh, even if somebody claims you were written out of the document, you have a right to see the document. So that's really the first thing to find out, you know, what are your rights? And then there's ways to enforce those either in court or hopefully out of court. And sometimes we talk to people where the trustee or the executor is sort of playing with the money, they're not following their directions, and we can get involved, we can help people get those inheritances, both the probate assets and the non-probate assets, so that the gift that was intended for them to receive, they can actually receive it timely, get control over it, and then do something good with it to benefit their own family. So step one is getting the paperwork, either the will or the trust or the both, and then having, if you don't quite understand all of the legal jargon, right. which the majority of us don't, <laughs> right. bring it to somebody who can interpret it and translate it into English for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and about a third of the time, I'll tell people, 
you're all set, there's nothing really to worry about, you know, in the next six months or so, you should receive your full inheritance. About a third of the time, we have to uh, prompt, push the uh, trustee or executor to move. Hey, it's been three years, it's, it's time to get going. <laughs> and about a third of the time, we have to go to court and actually fight to enforce their rights or replace the trustee if necessary. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things you've mentioned is taxes. You know, and that's well, everybody's biggest concern. Right. I mean, taxes should be a four-letter word, but <laughs> <laughs> what are the current estate taxes, and, and really, where do you see that heading in the future? Well, estate taxes, like any taxes, you know, you've got your state taxes and different strategies to avoid those, and then you've got your federal taxes and strategies to avoid those, and every asset has different rules. You know, you have the SECURE Act now, 2019, mm -hmm. on the federal side. Uh, for certain types of um, assets. Usually those assets should not end up in probate court. Uh, then you've got the whole state taxes, including that Prop 19 that we just talked about. So whenever we sit down and we talk about tax liability, um, I'm not qualified to talk about the non-probate assets. Right. You are. Yep. So I encourage them, if they don't already have somebody that they really trust as a financial advisor, or even to get a good second opinion, at no cost right. to contact you guys and sit down because I know that you're going to give them good advice. I know that you're going to say you're on the right track or no, you're, there's a tax liability there. We can avoid it by doing A, B, or C. What mm -hmm. would you like? Um, so that's one of the biggest things that we, that we work with people on is to avoid the state and federal tax liability that can happen. You know, somebody gave you a gift. They want you to enjoy the full gift and it, bothers me that the state and federal government try to take bits and pieces of it. Um, where do I see it in the future? I see it going in not a good direction. In California, it seems there's always a new tax or two. Um, federally, with the new president, the new Congress, um, there's a lot of proposals out there, and most of them involve increased taxes. There are some nice uh, tax breaks that are available at the moment on the state and federal side. My fear is that they're going to slowly yeah. erode them um, over the next three to five years, and uh, and the so-called death taxes will increase. Yeah, it, because every asset has a different tax liability or benefit attached to it. Right. How do you tell the difference? How do you know which one is which? Yeah, and that's the thing is we generally sit down with people and we go, okay, you know, um, let's talk about all your land assets. Okay, let's talk about all your bank assets, business assets, 401ks, IRAs. IRAs yep. So we literally have to spend five or ten minutes just to um, understand what the rights are. And then lots of times folks will come in and they'll be a little confused. They'll say, well, I own this property with my brother. Um, but then when you look at title, it's actually held in a way that you can either avoid the taxes or you have to jump through a couple hoops to avoid it. So. You know, even, again, each asset has its own tax um, liability problems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you just have to take them one at a time and try to, to hammer them out. You know, some folks have eight to ten large assets, and each of them you have to kind of work with uh, to make sure, again, they get the maximum benefit for themselves and their family. Yeah. And it, it's... The most common typically is going to be land or some type of house or, right. you know, people come in all the time, you know, they, their parents bought a house 
you know, 45 years ago right. for a hundred thousand dollars, it's worth a million dollars now. Right. What's the difference between inheriting land versus, in, in by that I mean houses as well, and mm -hmm. the investment side of it with IRAs and Roth IRAs, things like that. We understand some of it is tax-free and we can deal with all of that, but the right. land, what's the difference between that and the investment assets? Yeah, land is a great asset. I like dirt. I tell people all the time, I like dirt. I think land in California is fantastic. Um, asset, especially when people bought it, you know, Prop mm -hmm. 13 or before. Um, but slowly, again, the, the tax laws have been eroded. And uh, with Prop 19 now, if you have a couple houses, which have always been a smart investment in my opinion, now if you're going to transfer those assets to a non-spouse and it's worth over a million dollars, now now your loved ones have a huge tax issue. Basically, you triple on the property taxes. Uh, there can be capital gains taxes. There can be all sorts of problems. And then if you have property out of state and no estate plan, you have to go there and, mm -hmm. and deal with their probate process and right. their capital gains and their property taxes as well. So it gets to be um, complicated um, in terms of tax liabilities and tax issues. We're still wrestling with Prop 19. We found a couple exceptions that are working for a lot of people. Um, but again, if you have a plan in effect now, it's much easier to avoid those big tax hits on yep. land than trying to correct things down the road when somebody's you know very ill um, or have passed away. We're, we're sort of locked in at that moment. There's not a lot we can do um, to avoid those tax liabilities. Land has always been a good investment, uh, generally, in California. A lot of people have built their wealth yep. around land. Three, four houses, you hit that $1 million limit pretty easy in California sometimes. But um, by navigating through the law, you can avoid a big tax hit for your loved ones. Good, good. Well, obviously, you know, it depends on the person. It depends on their particular situation. So this is more general information. And we get very specific when people come in and sit down and talk to you. Absolutely. I, I know they've told me they're very, very grateful for the knowledge that you have and the guidance that you've given. So we appreciate that. And our clients appreciate that. Uh, but thank you very much for today. My that pleasure. pretty much is it. Um, thank you very much for listening to us today. Uh, we do appreciate you tuning in. If you do have questions, don't hesitate to call us. There's a link uh, that you can click on this and schedule a 10, 15 minute phone appointment. Uh, or you can give us a call at 273-9005. Again, if you feel that if this information is valuable to you or you may know somebody that could help, don't, feel free to forward it. Thank you very much. And remember, your money matters. Securities offered through SCF Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through SCF Investment Advisors Incorporated. SCF Securities Incorporated and Kelly Financial Group are independently owned and operated. Neither Michael Kelly or Arlen Kelly offer legal or tax advice. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or attorney. Please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation.